0: and welcome to another episode of Culture Calls, a monthly podcast by CultureLytics, where we talk all about culture and organizations, why it matters, and how leaders can get to grips with it. Today, we're in conversation with Sanchayan Paul. Sanchayan is Chief Human Resources Officer at Modenic Lifestyle, one of India's leading manufacturers and marketers of essential wear. At Modenic, He's responsible for human resources as well as corporate social responsibility and corporate communication. So it's quite a wide wide, uh, uh, portfolio. But he's particularly deeply involved in people and cultural integration following the merger that created Modenic. And he's focused also on building a talent brand and a talent bank that's aligned to the company's purpose. Uh, Prior to Modenic, Uh, Sanchayan was an entrepreneur, co-founded an HR tech platform for blue-collar workers, which sounds very interesting, and he's held HR leadership positions at some of the world's best-known companies, Vodafone, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Reuters, and Reliance Industries. And in his free time, he's a keen cyclist and likes to take long cycle rides on the weekends. (laughs) So welcome, Sanchayan. We're extremely pleased to have you today on Culture Calls. And let's just start with a little bit about you. Can you tell us just a bit about yourself, perhaps your work at Modenic today, and what role culture is playing in it for you?
1: Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Cly, uh, and to uh, Culturetics for hosting me here on on on, on this talk. And uh, you've introduced me uh, so well. I think uh, some of the parts that you've touched about my past, and especially like that you talk about cycling. And I always say each of us, uh, you know, uh, come to work and we bring in uh, not just things that we know about work, but we also bring in our personal side to work. So, 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 so that's, that's great. Um, yeah, so I I, I joined uh, uh, modernic uh, in December 2020. So it's, it's roughly about exactly two years and uh, it's, it's been a fantastic journey. Um, The interesting part was uh, when I joined uh, that time, my priorities were very, very clear. So there were uh, four or five key um, transformational agenda that we were using as a lever for business growth. Um, One was we were moving from a a proprietary owned organization to a professionally run organization. And both the companies merging together were were not fully professionally run earlier. Second, uh, we were moving from a commodity uh, focused business to building a consumer driven brand. Mm. So there was a lot of work happening around building brand, understanding your consumers, your change in go to market. And some of those transformation continues to happen. The other piece was we were seen as a company which is innerwear focused. And we wanted to move away from that mindset, both for the consumer and our employees and become a more fashionable, essential wear company than only in a wear. So we do casual wear, we do athleisure, we do all the stuff around the yoga wear, gym wear, sports wear and stuff like that. Right. Uh, uh, trousers and, and so on. And we are not only an in a wear company. So there was there was these three broad transformations happening in the company, which led to the fourth one which is uh, we needed to uh, uh, kind of uh, hire and build leadership talent uh, who could drive these set of transformations and big transformations in a very short period of time which also meant that they needed to build resilience in themselves or, or they should ideally come with that kind of resilience and build resilience in the teams below uh, and, and we're a private equity uh, invested company, Clive, we are 100% owned by Advent International, which is a US based private equity firm. And in a typical private equity uh, acquisition, what you need to do is you need to drive a set of transformations very, very fast, very quickly and and, and create valuation in the asset. So it's a tough one and, and needs resilience and, and needs a very strong underlying culture to kind of hold things together.
0: Right. So, um, yes, that's fascinating. That's a, that's a very comprehensive picture of the streams of change that you were undertaking and, and therefore the need to inculcate a culture that supports those business transformations. Uh, maybe perhaps you can tell me a little bit about what some of the key challenges were in leading this culture integration. You know, what were the difficulties, um, you know, some of the obstacles or challenges you faced and how, you, how you've met them? and perhaps the ones you're you're still facing
1: <laughs> right right no, that, 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 that's a good question Cly. and uh, uh, the two companies coming together which was uh, the the dixie set of brands and the enamor set of brands were very very different in the sense one was a economy brand mass market brand the 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 other was a farm or premium brand uh, the good part was it was complementary because once one was a men's brand, the other was a woman's brand. So we we were now playing across categories. But um, uh, you know, growing a premium business brand versus a mass market economy brand brings in two very different mindsets. Um, Dixie again was a very large company, uh, distribution focused, while Enamor was more e-commerce and modern retail focused. So there was there was different mindsets around the brand around the channels of sale so that was uh, one key challenge to break because you needed to work together we wanted to sell all our products through through every channel in that sense we wanted to become uh, you know multi channel multi product right uh, so it um,
0: involves
1: different skills and different uh... d- 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 different skills and uh, uh, because enamor was a woman's brand it also meant that uh, people who were designing uh, people who were selling a, a, a large part of the workforce was women ah. and hence we needed to build that kind of capability in, in 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 managers to handle a more diverse workforce not that dixie didn't have uh, women employees or women colleagues but enamor had more and 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 right. uh, how do you handle? How do you understand them? Uh, what are the issues they face when they kind of interact with consumers? that was that was a big part. So managing diversity, managing two different mindsets, economy and premium. Yeah. And of course, as I said initially, both both of these were you um, know promoter driven organizations. So how do you yeah. become uh, professionally done? which process oriented?
0: Professionally process,
1: process oriented uh, and um, what we actually did, Cly is uh, we co-created and shared um, you know, our, our company's purpose. Wh- why do we exist? Why have we come together? Uh, a- and what is the essence and the background of this coming together of the two companies, which really helped people see that there is a why of this existence. We're not coming to work for anything. We said we were building, you know uh, 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 our purpose was evolving every day for a for elevated lifestyle. So we were a lifestyle company and our job was to help employees and consumers evolve in their aspiration because everybody aspires, every human aspires. That's the human truth that everybody wants to evolve every day. Along with the purpose, we also set a vision which helped people get direction. And we set a core set of organization values, which was common for both both the companies, of course, and which meant that people knew what are the terms of working together, what's yeah. acceptable and what's not acceptable. What what do we need to do to reach our uh, goals? Right. Yep. Yeah.
0: right. And did you find that that was um easily accepted and inculcated in the organization? Or what steps did you have to take to to build those values into um, into people's everyday work?
1: Yeah, good, good question, because you can always set values and talk about them, but nobody really kind of probably sometimes understand them because different words often mean different to different people. Uh, at different layers of the organization, uh, yeah. India is also very diverse. So how the English language is seen can be interpreted very, very differently. So I think what what became important besides doing a lot of communication around it is uh, one we built a recognition program around around values, saying values champions. Second, what we did is uh, we said it's not just about performing and meeting your KPIs. It's also about how do you demonstrate your values. So in our performance evaluation architecture, we just don't evaluate your performance against your set KPIs or, or OKRs and stuff like that. We also say, have you demonstrated a set, these set of four values that we have? And our values are uh, challenging boundaries. Mm-hmm. Our val- values are collaborating because collaboration is a big thing not not just because of the merger but because of the whole, whole hybrid kind of ways of working. Uh, we said uh, it's about doing things right uh, because a company which is now private equity owned, professionally run will also follow a certain set of ethics, uh, code of business conduct and so on and so forth. So doing things right was very important. And fourth was making it happen because you have to do these set of things in a short period of time. You can be very ethical, very process oriented, you can collaborate and you can take on big tasks. But if you don't make it happen, if you don't (laughs) finally uh, show business results, nothing goes. So these were our our, our values Um, and and we made it part of the performance evaluation process on on the reward recognition side. And we did a huge amount of communication around it our uh, if you come into our office or in any of our factories you would find these values and their definitions and the pictorial depictions of these values very very clearly etched out um in 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 the rooms um right. in, in 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 the floor in the wall of the office right. and so on okay so on. okay hmm. great
0: that yeah. sounds extremely uh, well conceived and uh, and executed so <laughs> Congratulations
1: the, for that. Thank you. I think it's the entire leadership team here um, led by Sunil Sethi, who's our uh, chairman uh, and great support from the board uh, and from the private equity uh, partners, which has kind of built this. It, it's it's no way one, one person's job and, and, and the marketing team, the HR teams have all really kind of brought this together.
0: Yeah, no, that's terrific. Um, you mentioned um, hybrid workplace. Let me ask you a little bit about that. Um, What's smodenics approach to that, and have you, uh, what the impact of of it you believe is on the culture, and how are you uh, managing that?
1: Yeah, so I I think in, in 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 significant parts of 2020, of course, almost almost the whole of 2020, and significant parts of 2021, we had kind of moved work from home. Uh, However, if you, if you sorry, see, don't mean
0: it, but it's, inter- it's interesting too because you um you know, the merger happened, uh, in the middle of yes, all of this, so it, I, it, indeed, I, it must indeed. have been a challenge. So.
1: Correct, and and we had two different offices, so even even set aside the work from home, there were two different offices, which were, of course okay. brought together at some point in time, but there were two different offices. Uh, it, it's pretty distributed because there are manufacturing locations which are not in Bangalore. All our most of our manufacturing locations are outside. Our, our sales branch offices, uh, only one is in Bangalore, uh, North, Southeast, all are in different locations. Okay. So we are multi-locational in that sense. And uh, uh, you're very right, the merger was happening in that paradigm. So we, we we used to have some weeks where we came in and then then things got bad and again, we went back and so on and so forth. But I think our, our whole approach is that uh, uh, firstly, the role itself has to render itself to working from home. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're manufacturing, where you're actually kind of working in the warehouse, or working and, and and stitching garments, or 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 packing them, or 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 selling them from stores, um, or going from outlet to outlet and and acquiring outlets, you you can't really do it. Um, uh, you know, you you can't you, you have to be there physically. And there were times when our factories had closed down during COVID and, mm-hmm. and what what we ensured is nobody's pay gets cut and uh, they're, they're all retained. And whenever the factories were allowed to be opened by the government, we came back. But the fact is, there are roles that don't render themselves to work from home. And uh, th- there are certain roles which do in the roles that we do. We say that, uh, you know, the, see, the biggest thing that suffers is, I think, collaboration. Mm. And and the whole uh, human emotional connect goes missing somewhere. Yeah. Mm. And if that emotional connect is not there, then you kind of are not connected with your manager, with your teams, with the organization. Yeah. So we say that when, whenever you need, uh, if you find trouble uh, traveling a certain day or you want to take care of family, etc., if your role renders, you're absolutely open to work from home. So we are more hybrid. But there's certain ones which don't even render themselves to hybrid. But uh, sure. we have more hybrid, more focused on 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 need and care. Uh, and then, if there's need and care, people can work for from two weeks, three weeks, a month. Also, work from home uh, if if they need to do that.
0: Okay. Okay. So very much hybrid, and obviously manufacturing people have to be manufacturing, <laughs> and retail, sales. You need to be <laughs> retail sales. You, you need, need to, be, to be there. Yeah. That's yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. But okay. Sounds like you, even in that context, take a flexible approach where it's possible. Okay, okay, great. Um, uh, I'm going to quote two people to you. I'm curious what you think. (laughs) Um, You know, we all know Peter Drucker's famous dictum, culture eats strategy for breakfast. (laughs) I'm just curious if that rings true to you in uh, in your work over perhaps a modernic or before that is your work with HR and culture over time. Does that ring true to you in your experience?
1: uh well i i wouldn't go into too much into the statement but what i would say is the strategy and culture are are, are partners in that sense okay uh, and uh, in 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 your dietary menu if you're talking of breakfast <laughs> both culture both culture <laughs> and strategy need to be there uh, only then it only then it's it's, it's a balanced uh, dietary, dietary breakfast <laughs> if it were diet yes correct um so, so so, if I look at Modnik right now or or even earlier, I, I think it's very important for HR folks to first uh, understand what's the strategy. Uh, and, and of course, in Modnik, I, I had the opportunity kind of to kind of co-create the strategy or participate in the creation of the strategy. But I think once that's set, HR folks then need to enable building a culture. Hmm. And hmm. only HR doesn't build culture. Culture gets built through the leadership team, managers, people, supervisors, and so on. And I think that HR folks need to ensure that the culture delivers to the strategy. Um, uh, that's
0: well,
1: yeah. Yeah, the, the the shared purpose that you we did, the vision, the values, culture, everything, finally has to deliver to, to the strategy. So here in Marnik, uh, the strategy, of course, was very clear to me and my and my team's job was to ensure that we build a culture that delivers a high performance, a high performance culture that delivers strategy. So what 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 one of the things that we did and not to take too much of your time is um, we, we said that we will uh, instead of a performance management uh, kind of an approach, we'll take a performance enablement approach where we will enable people to perform around four goals, financial goals, uh, goals related to growth of the business, goals related to efficiency. Whether it's using technology, or process, or people, and around capabilities. So, how do you build system capability, process capability, people capability? So, financial growth, uh, efficiency, and capability were the four goals, and we will enable you to perform through different inputs, coaching, KPIs, and so on and so forth, so that we deliver the strategy. So that's
0: fascinating. Performance enablement. That's that's uh,
1: that's great. <laughs> Yeah, I, so yeah. That's, I, people
0: I, appreciate
1: that. So it's uh, people appreciate them to, that
0: helping them I, to perform. Yeah.
1: I, otherwise, the, uh, the the feeling goes around saying somebody's trying to manage my performance. I, I I think we can't really manage manage people's performance. We can guide them, coach them, uh, give them dashboards, enable them with uh, inputs, uh, send them to programs. But but we can't really manage manage and it, it's not an asset extraction. Uh, yeah. that, that you're extracting <laughs> something from an asset. Yeah.
0: No, that's absolutely fascinating and, a, and an interesting reconception, reconceiving of that of that idea. That's uh, I like that a lot. <laughs> um, the, I want to switch just briefly uh, towards the end of our conversation, sort of from the what you're trying to the how. So how one manages culture. You know, again, I'm quoting someone else too, Jack Welsh, who said that uh, the soft stuff is the hard stuff. You know, referring to culture, you know, something that's as soft as culture is often, in in some ways, the hardest thing to manage. And so, how do you how do you do that? How do you get to grips with it? And I was wondering if you, if you um, think that data and technology can help to do that.
1: Right. I th- I think again uh, here the soft and the hard go together. Uh, I think in today's uh, world of hybrid and and so much of digital, human emotions, uh, consumer care. Uh, sustainability, which which are so called softer side of things, are are important. Uh, however, uh, they go hand in hand with data, with uh, digital transformation, um, and and with creating processes. Because if if you're not leveraging data to understand your consumers or your employees. I mean, I mean, who better to talk to than you? Than you know, uh, your company, which kind of tries to uh, do analytics around culture. Um, if you're not leveraging data, if you're not leveraging technology to understand your people, um, then only anecdotes or just pure play around with emotions or trying to just talk to a few people doesn't really help today. You you need to understand every single user, every single employee. So I think data and technology helps there. The other piece is if you don't put processes and policies. Which uh, which need not be bureaucratic, but need to enable the business. But if you don't have any of those and only focus on 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 softer aspects, you won't have guiding principles. You 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 won't have. um, The philosophy you won't have the architecture in place to to take you from from place A to place B. So I think th- that they're very important. And at certain points in time, one may want to deviate or one one may tend to go wrong, overflowed with emotion that I think those are the points in time, your processes and policy come in place to kind of say you hey, here's your guideline. Do you think that this is right? And often you might need to change your policy and process because that's not working for the people, not working for the consumer. Uh, right. But yes, they they do come in as, as as guiding principles or a lighthouse in that sense.
0: Right, right. To have an accurate uh, understanding of where you are and if you need to course correct to do something right. that... Uh,
1: and, and yet across all of these things, I think today's leaders uh, are leading the whole cultural transformation and and they need to be inspirational to inspire people to perform, to innovate, Give them that empowerment, uh, give them that kind of coaching guidance to to help them do well. Uh, so leaders need, need to de- demonstrate that softer side of themselves. Uh, while the organization also needs to have some of those harder aspects, which uh, which kind of uh, keeps things together, uh, act as a guide to the to the whole thing. Too much right, so too much too too much of the soft or too much of the hard can can kind of break the organization. If it is too hard, too soft, organizations can get directionless at some points in time.
0: Right. So again, balance, like we were saying about culture and strategy. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right. right.
0: The only other thing that we're coming towards the end of the conversation. The only thing I wanted to give you a chance to, to talk about, if you have something to say, if not, it's not a problem. Is whether or not you've seen any standout examples in your time, and I mean over your career, because so you have a, a you have a very varied career, of any particular places where you feel the the organization or the leader has got culture right, or perhaps it's got it it's got it wrong, and it and uh, it, it's it's uh, been a problem. Um, but if that's not something that
1: uh, you're thinking about today, we don't have to. Uh, so so I, to... I I I, I, th- I think uh, mm, it's it, it's an important question uh, in in sense to kind of for me to reflect. But um, I mean, without taking names, I think the, uh, you know if if you reflect back, uh, there could things to pick up uh, from everybody, from from my current leader to my past leaders. Um, But I think uh, anybody who spends significant amount of time with employees and with consumers uh, and with people who make your products, because they're all people, right? Even employees are people, customers are people, (laughs) and and people who are making your products are, are people. So leaders who spend time understanding them i think are able to build great businesses and of course also build great culture second i think they need to be role models themselves they need to walk the talk hmm. if they're, they're saying something else but doing something else uh, and, and and third they need to do and live all that when nobody is watching
0: yeah i think that
1: that, that that's very important yeah uh and and th- that's done i mean i mean if the leader is a role model i think people just feel that they need to be like that some people will feel embarrassed saying that, oh my leader is like this and and i can't do this so so, so diff- different people change themselves based on either getting embarrassed or getting inspired <laughs> uh, or uh, you you know just 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 simply saying that oh this person has reached there probably because he behaves this way,
0: right 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 no that's a very there's a very good lesson about leadership in the uh, context of culture so appreciate that, and
1: and, and I think the leaders also need to be vulnerable and they need to learn, um, and um, I think we are all learning I think as as long as uh, our leaders and all of us. Even if you're not leaders in, in any function, we say that we, we are learning and we want to see what works, what doesn't work. And we want to listen. So I think listening is a big thing. Yeah. And and then you say, yes, I, I listen, I hear you, but there are things I can do, things I can't do as a leader.
0: Right, right. But that inspires trust to at least to, yeah, that, to,
1: yes. to listen. Mm-hmm. That's a good right. point, I think. Trust. And, and you know, trust is something that comes very slowly. And I always say that trust comes uh, on on foot. It comes walking, but uh, it can go away on a flight. It takes a flight uh, and leaves, but it comes great. walking.
0: <laughs> comes in on foot and leaves on a, on a jet leaves plane. Leaves on a,
1: a jet plane, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's
0: that's great. great. Okay, well, thanks very much. We really are at the end of the time. If there's anything else you'd like to leave the audience with, but I think we've, you've given us a lot today. So... Very, a lot of very wise words. I really appreciate it. So um, so thanks very much, Sanchai and Paul, for joining us on the call today. It really was fascinating. Um, and thanks everybody for listening and for joining us. If you have any questions, please get in touch and uh, please make sure uh, to like our post of this video and the audio. <laughs>
1: okay. Thank you. Thank you, Clyde. I, I enjoyed the interaction and uh, look forward to hearing what the audience's reaction and, and their inputs. Thank you so much for for the wonderful set of questions and hosting me.
0: Great. I really enjoyed it, and have a good weekend.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Clyde. wish you the same.